Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. We are getting you ready for the Arnold Palmer Invitational, returning to another elevated event. But, Skeeter, before we do that, we take a look back. The Honda Classic, one final time, as it won't be the Honda Classic next year. Um, kind of remains to be seen what all the fallout will be from elevated events, non-elevated events. This non-elevated elevated event, easy for me to say, fell in between a couple of really good ones. Uh, we had a good finish. Chris Kirk, Eric Cole, they go to a playoff. What are we taking from that one? Maybe not necessarily to this week, maybe so, but just in general, what are we taking out of that that uh, Honda Classic that really was a good one? It was. Um, I cashed a four of six because I had Kirk and Cole, so that certainly helped. It did play a little easier, I thought, than yeah. in past years, but there were still plenty of disasters. Like You still saw enough water balls and mud balls and things like that that it's still kind of it, – it's like they – eased up a little bit i think nicholas is on and he was saying that one of the holes they took away a bunker just to kind of make they it... did yes on the right side of the fairway because like somebody 12? maybe even our boy uh ah, who was in it somebody was in it but yeah they took a lowry. bunker you're absolutely right i think lowry was the one they, they said uh said that mm-hmm. but um but no you know it was, for a non-elevated event we were talking a little bit about this pre-show like it had everything you wanted you, i mean yeah, you didn't get Lowry and Am and even Billy Horschel, who were the top three, but you had the stories. You had Kirk, who you know had to take some time off to get sober. You had Eric Cole, a 33-year-old rookie on a PGA Tour. How many times do you see that happening, battling? And then you had like Ryan Gerard, a Monday qualifier, who was up in the mix for a while. Like It was just fascinating stories just to kind of see what happened. Yeah, very fascinating. Um Gosh, 18 uh, bites the leader the final hole before oh. the playoff. Like, I'm watching that going, what are you doing, man? No, that's the shot the guy trailing supposed to pull going for the flag stick. But uh, both guys kind of had a chance to win it, lose it. In the end, Chris Kirk gets it done. It was it was gut-wrenching to see Eric Cole. And, like, dude, when he hits that, that third shot on 18 the first time around, not in the playoff. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, oh, my God, if that goes in the water, I'm like, how relatable does that feel, though? I can imagine just I, I know I can I hardly imagine the the moment, but just the like helplessness after you've hit the ball and there's nothing else you can do. And you're like, that's going in the water. Oh, no. Fortunately for him, it didn't. Whatever. It ended up not uh, meaning a whole lot of difference because he still finished second. But I mean, yeah, it was great theater. And the the course here, I'll, I'll say this. I like that course. Right. I, I've talked about it before. You know, the whole bear trap thing. Of course course proved to be uh, pretty fun regardless of who was on there and uh, a couple guys did rise to the top but i hope that regardless of whether the honda whatever i hope pga national sticks around so jack said that in his sunday interview with dan hicks that there was that he's been reassured the pga tour is going to keep this tournament around maybe make some maybe change some things make it a priority so and then i thought um i think it was jeff feinberg on pat mayo's podcast this morning said he he thought he heard a rumor that match play could be involved. Okay. Like, you want to talk about a fun course for match play with all that water? I, I, mean, I, I don't like Austin Country Club, but this one. Yeah, I was going to say, one. I like Austin Country Club. I really like Dove Mountain, though, too. So, like, I got over them leaving there, and uh, I could get over them leaving uh, Austin Country Club with all the water. That would be a really interesting match play. You know, imagine 18 on that whole match play, and the guy in front of you. 
hits a bad tee shot. Like, yeah, heck yeah, I could get into that. Now you got to get to 18, of course, in match play for that to matter. But uh, all right, cool. That that look, I like that course. So I'm 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 certainly involved uh, or excited about thinking about that. You know, even fine. Move match play here. Make make the Austin one the the co LPGA PGA Tour event. Sounds like something's going on. That that's probably coming in the future, but I, don't, I haven't heard details. But I thought I saw that rumor, kind of like something's being worked on with that one. With the XFL, we had some innovations to the NFL. Maybe the team aspect and live will bring some team aspect ideas to uh, the PGA Tour. We'll see. Uh, I don't know about that. So I see more of that. Um, the, there's that DP World Tour event. I think it's the well. I don't know if it'll be still be hosted by Henrik anymore, but Henrik and, and Annika. I think that's mm-hmm. a. I think that's a dual sanctioned event. Well, we shall see. Anything else from the uh, the final Honda Classic, whatever it remains, uh, will be called later. I don't think so. And again, I know you were just disappointed. No Mac Hughes moments. That's okay. I still, in the end, we had. Uh, I mean, we had some serious Stones moments. Sometimes they didn't pan out. Sometimes they did. Uh, oh man, we could get into uh, some balls off the rocks and whatnot, <laughs> regardless of Monday through, or I'm sorry, when uh, Thursday through Sunday. But Skeeter, let's go to the API, an event that. I think with the elevated event status, I don't want to say this event was starting to lose its luster, but I will say this. Since the King passed away, it seemed like the fields were starting to diminish a little bit. Some players had taken it out of the priority. Not this week. we got a great field. But before we get to the field, it's API week. And uh, what are we taking for Bay Hill Country Club? No, you, you mentioned how it lost its luster. I mean, this has been looking through like the history for some of the top guys like JT Cantlay haven't played here in ages, so yeah. so I mean that certainly makes makes a case for it. Um, 120 players, I believe. Yeah, 120 golfers. So this is like the invitate, the true invitational, top 65 in ties. So this kind of means I think you can get a little aggressive in your builds because at a minimum, you know, 52 or something like 52 percent of the field is going to make the cut, potentially more if you know. Last year there were 77, so if you get a tie, like plus one or something like that. like Oh, heck, last week we had that same scenario. Were there 80 guys make the cut? I don't remember. It was like a crazy, yeah, it was a ton of guys right there on that number of plus one last week. So, yeah, same thing. Yeah, so you could see something similar here this week at API. Um, Four par fives, you know, we all remember six, the one that Bryson two years ago just overpowered and was you know basically turning that into a short par four which I think he birdied every day, if I remember properly, on his way to a win. but Probably so, but all he did was shorten it. He never actually went for the green. No, but hey, you know, how would you like your second – what would you have your second shot, 40 yards or 240 or whatever the force three up is? Mine would be 540, but regardless, like, I mean, if we're going to – if you're going to saw it off, saw it off, go for the green, whatever. Like, I don't know. Uh, I was enjoying the Bryson show. But just aim for the green one time, dude. I, I know he won the tournament doing that, so maybe I'm wrong in suggesting anything other than that it was the, a good move. But I'd have been more exciting if he went for the green. Anyway. Well, I think he tried to practice. I don't think he got there. Plus, the problem is you try in competition with that whole design. If you don't make it, uh, guess what? You're, it's like an out-of-bounds. You're team three. You're three. three. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, a lot of majority of the field will make it. Um, Winning score here, like, We've seen wind kind of get in the way. Last year was minus five. Like, there's been a couple of years where there's been some higher scores, but for the most part, this is a lower score tournament. So, 
And when I when we look at wind here, again, we're doing this on Monday night, so wind can obviously change. Thursday looks pretty calm, maybe a little, a little gusty midday, 15 miles per hour, but nothing that should significantly impact. But Friday starts off pretty gut, as gusty all day. Winds are low at the start, like 12 miles an hour, but get to midday, we're looking 20 miles per hour, gusts up to 30, you know, late morning, early afternoon. So Friday looks like could be an absolute bloodbath if if the winds hold up. Saturday kind of looks, you know, a little less windy, but still decent winds. 15 mile per hour winds gusts up to 20, and Sunday looks pretty calm. So, you know, this is going to be one of those weeks, and we've seen winds be such a factor here at Bay Hill that, the latest you can wait to get wind to make decision, go ahead. So Wednesday night probably would be one. I mean, if you're up really early Thursday morning and you want to look at that, I think that's certainly plausible. Stat-wise, um, Tita Green and Approach were kind of the two big ones here. A lot of forced layups, a lot of par three. I think all the par threes, or at least three of them, are over 200 yards. Par fives, you know, there's four of them. So you get a lot of these 200-plus yard shots, which I think you want, which you're going to want to look at. Scrambling a little bit just because the water and the rough can be pretty pretty thick. Birdies are better. Bogey avoidance since we have an over par um, stat there. I'll, I'll look at opportunities gained because greens and regulation are not uh, easy to hit here. And with four par fives, I will look at par five strokes gained. But as I said, with, with this only being 120 players in top 65 in ties making the weekend, this is the week that I think you can kind of get a little aggressive on your build. So if you have some cheapy in the mid to low sixes that you don't mind, or even upper sixes that, you know, could be a little bit of a chance. I don't think this is the worst week to try to go there. Just try to find some weird ways to build your lineup. Are we ready to get into this field? I think so. It's an odd one. I guess we'll keep 10K by itself because there's only three players in this field that qualify as a 10K player. Skeeter, it's John Rahm at 11-5. Scotty Scheffler, the defending champ at 10-9. Rory McIlroy at 10-6. Who's your favorite? Are you going to 10K? Does one of those three make your lineup? Uh, okay, it's time to play Silly Narrative Streets, which I think you are you can get on board with some of these sometimes. Oh, God, I'm the worst. Or the best, depending on, you know, how you like it. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> who won the first elevated events? Was it Rombo? No, Scheffler at Phoenix. Scheffler did. Rom won second, right? Okay, I take that back. Yeah, for some reason I was thinking, uh, but anyway, yes. So, isn't it time for the third one, the third of the Mega 3, two hits? Oh, and somebody who just happens to be a former winner here with excellent course history. And he's the cheapest of the three. Give me Rory. Like, he won in 2018. The past six years, his worst finish is 13th, and that was a year ago. He's got four other top tens, three other top fives. Stat-wise, he, he's going to rate out much better in longer-term models. In shorter-term, not great, but he's already... Did he win this year early over... Yeah, he beat uh, Patrick Reed over in Dubai or <laughs> whatever place it was over there. Or 24 rounds, he's still number one tee degree, second opportunity, seventh in birdies, ninth in par fives. The putter is, of course, the only question there, but he seems to have played well here at API. Let's see if I can pu quickly pull up his... Putting splits at Bay Hill. It was Dubai, by the way, the hero that he won. Okay. Um, he's actually putted pretty well here in the past. Like the year he won, he gained ten strokes putting, but he's lost strokes three times putting, but usually around a stroke, which for him's not terrible. Like everything's just kind of narrative street history, whatever. 
I'm in for it. Give me give me Rory at 10-6, the cheapest of the three of the top tier. I don't know if I'm going to this tier yet. Which is also fair. But we've talked a lot about how it's been a lot of the big dogs, so I feel like you've got to make sure, if you're not in this tier, you better make certain that you really don't want to be in this tier. And what you said about Rory makes a lot of sense for me. And I suppose what makes the most sense, I mean, maybe it's the course history. The other two, right, Shuffler's one, but is his course history, he doesn't have a ton. Same with Rom. Roy's just 10-6. He's cheaper in this field. I mean, maybe a top five pays off at 10-6. You start to get to the John Rom price at 11-5. If he doesn't win, I don't think he pays off at that price. So for that reason, I'm going Rory if I end up in this tier. Well, the thing is, it, it it's kind of relative to what everybody else does around you. Like if yeah. Rory ends up fifth, but Rom's 32nd, Scheffler misses the cut, and you're and you know, even when you get to the nines, if the winner is, say, Xander at 9,200 and nobody else between Rory and Xander really bring back a return, then Rory's worth it. Same with Rom in a similar situation. So it's all relative, but unfortunately, as I look at early ownership projections on Monday nights, um, I think everybody's kind of along the same, same thought process because Rory is the most popular play. Well, I'm not going to ask you who your secondary play is because then that makes the fade obvious. Who are you fading? Is there a case to be made between one and two, two and three, or is it a clear cut one, two, three? I, uh, I mean, look, I think you can play any of these guys. Maybe, maybe I'll just, I'd fade Scheffler just as the defending champion. And if you're going to tell me Rom's going to be the lowest owner, of the three and by a potential significant amount there, you know, there's never a wrong strategy of paying up to be contrarian. That's, you know, people like to try to be contrarian down low in the sevens, things like that. There's nothing wrong with looking and saying, Hey, you know what? Let's go contrarian the other way. Let's pay up. So, a little game theory there. I don't have a significant feeling from one to two or three. Um, and I feel like what you're saying, gosh, I was ready to say I would fade Rom, But I look, and when Scheffler doesn't win, he's a little further down the board. When Rom doesn't win, well, he's right there anyway. It's, I mean, he's just been so dominant lately that if I was going to fade any of these guys that I guess it'd have to be Scheffler because Rom's dominance is hard to ignore. And that's talking about a guy who's won what six times in the last calendar year and Scotty Scheffler. So we're splitting hairs here. And isn't his worst finish eighth this year? Probably. Uh, he was 11th at the American express 12th oh, okay. at the Genesis. So, I mean, we're splitting hairs from eighth and seventh to 11th and 12th here. I mean, here's how ridiculous Rom is six fifty to win plus six and a half. His top 10 is minus 125. Like, <laughs> like even for a 120-player field, for a golfer to be minus money for a top 10 and not even 2-1 to one for a top 5, it just shows you how great Rom has been. How exceptionally good he has been. Skeeter, shall we take it to the 9Ks? Yep. A whole lot more to talk about, but it's interesting that the tier starts not at 99, but at 97 with Max Homa to in, just increase that golf between the top three and the next group. G-U-L-F golf, thank you. Uh, JT at 96, Colin Morikawa 95, Willie Z's 94, Tony Finau 93, Xander's 92, Cantley 91, Hovland a 9K even. Skeeter, what are you doing here? Hold on, before we get somewhere, G-U-L-F. I don't know yeah. if I know that one. A golf, like a, uh, a, oh, a, golf. a large amount of space in between... Okay. Uh, okay. I, may ho I hope I used it right because there's yeah, a chance. You did. I'm. I'm too busy thinking. Okay. What is G U L? 
what what slang term of golf is is not literally no, no. body of water. Oh god, oh god, I feel stupid for that one. That's okay. You're not a geography teacher. No, but I know my geography. I can. I was just not. I was. I was thinking, okay, is this some sort of you know slang or I don't know. Just. I will try to keep my homonym hilarity to a minimum for the remainder of the evening. Oh no! Please keep it up here. Um. <laughs> Okay, this is one I don't know if I have a favorite for. Like, there's just a lot of guys I like. Do you have a favorite? Because I don't think I do. I don't think I have a favorite. I think what I'm going to try and do, we talked about a little bit pre-show, some guys later down the board that I have a pretty good feeling about. And I think I'm going to do three lineups. I'm mixing it up up here more than I will down there, Mm -hmm. uh, if that makes any sense to you. I don't particularly have a favorite out of this group. Um, anytime Justin Thomas is 9,600, I'm probably going to lean towards him. That doesn't mean that it couldn't be Morikawa, couldn't be the guys at the bottom. But JT, to me, is still – he's a he's a two-time major winner. I know Morikawa is too. He's just a more – he's a better player in my mind than even Homa, Morikawa, Zalatoris. So he's my favorite, but my reasoning is more of just like some – hyperbole than anything that's really concrete no it makes sense he just he just hasn't been really himself yet it's like yeah, i agree and, and uh, the fact i also worry that he hasn't played here much like that does kind of play into my role kind of my concern with him a little bit like at least we have an idea what some of the others have done we just haven't seen jt and i suppose the same thing can go for cantley too even though He's coming off a nice, nice uh, play at Riviera. So, I have interest in him, but I just don't think I'm going to end up there just because I like some other guys around him. Like, for me, I one of the first bets I made this morning, like, this is a rare time I actually looked at odds, like, and I somehow caught when it first came out, and I'm glad I did. I got Will Zalatoris at 30-1, to 1, and he's now down to 20-1. to 1. Even less than that where I looked, uh, too. And don't you feel like he's just a good bet to keep the ball in play and out of the water with his stellar iron play? Well, that, yes. And also, don't we like Zalatoris at tough courses? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Like That's a fact. We've seen him at Augusta. I mean, he's played Tory pretty well. Pops up at majors. Um, 10th and 38th here this is the first two years. Not great, but not terrible. Um. Maybe, maybe he just ends up being somebody that, you know what, I won't play in DraftKings because I at least have a bet on him. But he ranks out well, tee degree and approach, opportunities gained, birdies are better in par fives. Doesn't really have a terrible weakness. So 9,400, he's there for me. Morikawa is intriguing to me. Uh, his tee degree and approach is still there. The, the putter, as we know, kind of misses. But if he is, if his putting's on, he's probably up there in contention. Great par five player, great two hundred plus yard um, proximity player. Those two, and then I'll, I'll throw Xander in there. I mean, this is—I know it's not a no cut, but he certainly can score. Rates out very well in all the categories, especially approach tee to green. What is his history here? Uh, like played once, yeah. Okay. Which cats? Uh, okay, depending on how many lines to play, that could be a tiebreaker. But I have all those guys and. I don't even hate Tony Finau, but he's just right now kind of the fourth one for me out of this tier. I would be interested in Cantlay. Xander's probably my number two. Uh, Zalatoris, I mean, more I think about it, because you look at 
the lack of history for a lot of these guys. Maybe this is where Zalatoris has the edge because he's, you know, a lot of these other tough places, these guys have a knowledge edge that they won't have here. So maybe you talk me into Zalatoris more than I thought so to begin with. But for me, my number two has probably still got to be Xander because even though he didn't quite finish off Riv the way I would have preferred, he'd been playing really good and, um, he has played here and we, we, we've seen him play, you know, check all the boxes, plays tough courses, hard or hard courses. Well, playing well right now. You know, I didn't even mention Victor Hovland at nine K who he was second here last year. He's four for four making cuts and his Tina green, his Tina green or his off the team approach has been good. His around the green hasn't been awful, which for him is good. His putting is Again, been slightly below average, but not terrible. Like, we know if he gets things going tee to green, it went, he, he can win. He can just eliminate everybody. Plus, we've seen that European connection kind of win here. Whether it was Rory, whether it was Hatton. Um, I know it's not, you know, or maybe I should say international because I know Leishman's won here. Um, I don't know. Like, if we're talking pure ball strikers, Holland's got to be up there. I don't disagree with you. I'll be honest with you. I don't think there's a big difference between one and eight in this tier. Like Max Homa, I probably won't use. Correct. He's had three really nice finishes in a row, and he's ascending as, into one of the best in the world. But I probably won't use him with the guys below him being so evenly priced. But if I have the money left, I might. I don't see a whole great difference between any of these guys, quite frankly, one through eight. No, and I think that's why I'm struggling. Like, as I said, I like, I mean, Fino rates out exceptionally well in my model, but I don't like his history, and he just seems a little off right now. I'll be honest with you. He's going to be my fade out of this group. Yeah. I'm probably not playing Thomas and Cantley just because they haven't played here, and I realize maybe I'm overvaluing that just a little bit, and that could, and that's certainly fair, a fair criticism. But I, I have to look for ways to eliminate people from this tier, and I'm just going to do that. Same with Homa, like... I know he's playing really well, but boy, long term, I think I'd rather take Morikawa over him. I think Xander's probably better. Cantley's close. Zalatoris isn't there yet. Hovland not there yet. So it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. This also I could get to Wednesday night and okay, who's potentially if weather is sticking the way it is, who's in the Thursday p.m. Friday a.m. wave because that might be the better wave or who's just nobody playing and right now. The three nobody's playing. Great for me. Thomas Finau and Cantley. Give me JT in that bad wave like he was at the players last year and play well anyway. Of course, I'd have to have everybody fade him as well. But uh, the, <laughs> that's a, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of ifs and buts though. Was he also the bad wave at the PGA Championship? Uh he might have been. He might have been. I know he was at the players. I'm not a. He might have been. I don't know. He won the PGA, so if he was, he was in the right one when it all was said and done. Like, he wasn't in the final group. That was a blessing. <laughs> like, okay, like, I mentioned I'm not, you know, Finau concerns me, but would you play Finau at half the ownership of Zalatoris? Because now all of a sudden I think this is a discussion worth thinking about. I don't think so, no. Uh, okay. Like, I, but maybe I just wouldn't play Zalatoris, but maybe, but Finau's not the guy I would turn to. Like, again, maybe this is where I, I'm, I'm in on him at 30 to 1. Like, maybe I just get my exposure that way and play the game theory fade like if he wins all right cool i'll i'll catch my 30 to 1 if if he uh if he misses the cuts okay good i lost i lost my bet that's nothing new for me in golf 
And now I have, a, I have a leg up. So I don't know. There could, there could be some game theory decisions there for me. Shall we take it to the 8Ks? Yes. Skeeter, I think I've got some stances to take in this tier, but we'll give it to you. It's M at 89, Matt Fitzpatrick 88, Cam Young 86, or 87, excuse me, uh, Speeds 86, 85 Jason Day, Tom Kim 84, Terrell Hatton 83, Hideki's 82, Sam Burns is 81, and Keith Mitchell is 8K even. Do you have a favorite, Skeeter? I mean, maybe again, I'm getting sucker into course history a little bit, but give me Hatton. Guy sure. who has played this course pretty well, which is funny considering his demeanor isn't always the best. Um, was really good at Phoenix. Genesis, he was fine. Just never got anything really going. He did lose a stroke in approach and have a stroke putting, but just one of those weeks just didn't get anything going. But this feels like a Hatton course. If it gets windy, we know he has no problem playing that as a Lynx player. Um, doesn't rate out anything great statistically. Ranks much better in shorter-term models. So, or in the short-term medium range. E300, I'll play the course history for him at this price. I assume, look, Tyrrell Hatton is going to be one of my bets. He is at least at long enough range now for me. And who knows, I may be changing my philosophy altogether there. Uh, I love Tyrrell Hatton. I'm in on him. He's probably my favorite, but let's say for argument's sake he wasn't. Is Jason Day going to be very popular this week? Yes. How could Jason Day not be your favorite if it's not Tyrrell Hatton? I got to go. I'll go with Day for argument's sake. Jason Day and Tyrrell Hatton, two guys where I was saying earlier, maybe I'll tinker around in the 9Ks because if I can link those two up with some guys in the 7Ks I like, it's messing around in the eight or the 9Ks where I figure out you know my different type of lineups. But Jason Day, we know how good he's been playing. He's won this tournament. He has some great history here. Um, I mean, what, what more can you say? He's underpriced at 8,500. Well, in 24 rounds, he's 19 to green, 20th in approach, third in scrambling, number one putting, second in bogey avoidance, 13th breweries are better. And he's above average with that proximity from 200 plus. Like, yeah, he fits all, he fits everything you're looking for. The only thing he struggles in is opportunities gain, but he's 13th and birdies are better gain, probably because of that putter. So if he's going to continue to roll the rock, former winner here, so another international and you know win picks up the aussies have never have a problem with the win so is it hatton and day for you is there anybody else in the conversation the only other one i would consider and i don't think he's playing great right now but another guy who has never won here but has really really good history would be matthew fitzpatrick i mean all he's done uh -huh. is had four straight top tens here He's my three. Like, those three, to me, stand out above the crowd. Uh, so I'm with you on Fitzy. I mean, I bet Hideki at 60-1 to 1 just because that number just seems completely outrageous. I don't disagree with that. But that's, uh, this is another example where I'll just bet him, and you know what? I'm not bothering him on DraftKings. You're right. His number at 60 is ridiculous because Hatton I see at 33, Jason Day at 30. So... Yeah, Hideki at twice the number. I would agree with you. That's a good bet, regardless of if it's a great DraftKings play or not. I don't think his history here is great, but it's not terrible. Yeah, he hasn't missed a cut here. Like, it's not great, but... This doesn't strike me as a course he couldn't win at, for, for goodness sakes. And let's remember, I realize this one round, but 2020, the pandemic year, he went and shot 63 at, the, at Sawgrass in round one. Yeah, this so, doesn't strike me as a course that Hideki could not thrive at. Right. 
and not to use like a triple negative. I think I did. <laughs> but he's also so just random enough that he just pops up out of nowhere sometimes. So I don't hate him here. Amen. He was fifty to one when he won the Masters, so sixty to one here. Not bad. Anybody else in the positive you're looking at here? No, I mean maybe Sam Burns. We've seen him play well in this region of the world, but uh, I don't know. Keith Mitchell's going to be uh, in on my radar too. Yeah. He's been playing pretty good. He's had he's had a fifth and a sixth here, as well as some good recent top finishes. So uh, Keith Mitchell definitely on my radar as well as a bet and one of those maybe four guys in the AKs that I'm going to have a ton of exposure to. Yeah, I mean, he makes sense, and Bermuda is his best putting surface, so I don't have an issue with that. Who are we fading? Are we back to it's time to fade Jordan Spieth again, or at least maybe until we get to Texas? He could be the modern-day Arnold Palmer. I know Ricky's been named that, but Jordan actually has the majors. He has the... um, attitude he is well loved has his army he has finished fourth here i don't know i feel like this is a jordan place he doesn't have a great uh, like a, a a long course history but he's like played here once and he finished fourth i don't know that i'm fading jordan here but there's a ton of water that could be bad for an erratic golf swing yeah, his off the tee has been average at best but slightly below um the putter has not been there He's gained on his on approach past two tournaments, but prior to that, he kind of went through a lull. Like, I don't know. There's just too many other guys I like around here for me to trust Jordan. I'm it's giving maybe you someone get to Texas. Yeah, I'm giving you silly narrative with the Arnold Palmer invitation. Sure so I mean, there's nothing wrong with the fade there. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I have no beef with Tom Kim, but a 50th, a 45th, maybe playing against this level of competition wearing on him a little bit with Jason Day and Tyrrell Hatton around him. There's just zero chance I played Tom Kim this week, and he's a very fun player to watch. Maybe Valspar. Maybe the players might be a good spot for him. But, yeah, this doesn't feel like a Tom Kim course. He's got to get out of that price range for me to get into him again. He's got to get into this next group that we're about to talk about. Yes. 7K, Skeeter, there's – I mean, you get the elevated event. You get a lot of uh, talent that falls – throughout you know the entirety of the field and you get plenty here is there a name that stands out to you in this tier not that stands out but there's some guys that have my interest and you know what let's just let's just um let me check something real quick because i want to see people are on you know they're on dang it we're getting we're getting we're getting too smart i mean let's see chris kirk uh, i think had a top 10 last year at honda he was hot this time last year, actually, is really when he seemed to, like, get back into top world top 50 type form. So, and he comes here and finishes fifth. Like, his past three years, he's been fifth and eighth here. Prior to that, he didn't play in 2020. I think he was his sobriety or trying to get back from that. But prior to that, 15th, 13th, miscut 12th. Like, here's a guy with a wonderful course history coming off a win. Usually... Uh, Sours people, but he's kind of in the mid-teens as far as ownership projections go. So people are not scared of the back-to-back narrative, but he's playing well. He loves Florida, apparently. Like, 7,700 is a pretty good number on him. I can get with him. Um, He does not strike me as the kind of guy who's going to have an issue getting back to the course and rebounding for this week. I'm going with my man Keegan Bradley. Um, before I even dug into anything, I thought this feels like a good course fit for Keegan Bradley. 
Um, he did miss the cut last time out at the Genesis. Before that, he'd been pretty good. 20th, the second, a missed cut. Um, we'd seen him all, you know, a first at the end of the year last year. I don't know how far we're going back. Keegan Bradley had been striking the ball exceptionally well. This seems like the kind of place that would fit him. Course history recently isn't great, but back in the day when Keegan was, you know, a very world, world prominent player, he was playing here very good too. So I'm going with Keegan Bradley. I say recent, actually, that's a lie. 11th and 10th the last two years uh, out. So I'm getting my course history inverted, but uh, a ton of made cuts before that as well. Yeah. Again, he's just not a guy I always get on, and I don't think I'm getting on him here, but I'm not going to talk you out of him. Well, you can't. I'm already all in. Okay. All right, that's all I got for you there. Uh, Skeeter, there's a couple other names that I think still stand out to me. I mean, um, we're going to go back to Ricky Fowler, the way he's playing at 7,700, right? I I mean, yes. Is he going to be incredibly popular? Because he has he has also been dubbed the modern day Arnold Palmer. I was just looking at his history. Um, he's been fine. Uh, never missed a cut that I can see since 2015. Just nothing jumping out. Let's see, Ricky. Um, slightly below Kirk, but kind of that same tier. Keegan, by the way, also above above Kirk. So 15 15th percent. I mean, he was just in my head today, like before I looked at anything going, seems like a good Keegan play. Now, to be to be fair, I was saying I've, I'm feeling him for next week already, too. So I guess I'm just feeling him right now. Okay. Well, I mean, it doesn't. Keegan's one of your guys. He is. Like, like you have no problem playing him. Um, What are you um, doing with your boy Justin Rose at 7,600? I'm just looking at him. It's not a bad number on him. Good. Has a good history back when he was playing well, not so recently here. Um, let's see, birdies are better, good. I mean, I think there's just other guys that. Are, I mean, he's he's going to be another one. I don't hate him here, but not somebody I'm going to look at. I'll tell you who I am looking at though. At the top of the uh, price range is Thigala at 79. I mean, fourth at Farmer, sixth at Genesis. Like you want to talk about you know tougher courses, this certainly fits. His irons were on fire there. At Phoenix, he, his irons were dead cold, but he putted. Like, he's actually been getting strokes putting. So around the green, the game has been fine. Off the tee has been a little bit of a concern. But he makes up for it with such good, good irons. 7900 I think all it interests me here. Doesn't Shane Lowry, too? I mean, this feels like a Shane Lowry course. Yes, until I looked at his course history. Boy, it's bad. I did not look at that, actually. I just uh, There's a lot uh, of red on my little spreadsheet form. Well, that's not what you're supposed to see, um, no, so maybe not. Them. What about one Gary Woodland, Skeeter? He's yeah. got to be a good fit here, too, right? Yep, guess who the most popular play in the 7Ks looks like it might be. Gary? Gary. Gosh, I thought we were far enough away from that U.S. Open, but apparently not. He was no, good here last year, too. He has shown signs recently. He's going to rate out well stat-wise with anything approach, opportunities. He's number one in this field in the last 24 rounds from 200-plus yards, that key proximity range. So that's where he's going to pop. He was ninth at Genesis. He's made three cuts in a row. His irons were on fire at Genesis. He just couldn't make a putt to save his life. So that's why he's going to pop there a little bit. Um, Wyndham Clark pops for me over the past 24 rounds. Um, outside of putting, he's good everywhere like number one par five he's top 25 in every other stacks at bogey avoidance he's 31st so stat wise he's i mean you have to go back to the shriners in the fall last time he missed a cut 
Granted, his best finish is 10th at Phoenix and RSM, but he's got a bunch of solid finishes. The Irons have been there around the green. Has been fine. Like, he's a... He's 7,500. He's almost like a perfect, you know, maybe a cash game play if you're one who does that, but our last guy in at 7,500. Like, I know you're going to like Keegan a little bit more for 100 more, but I don't mind that. And then, of course, right at the same price points, if we're going to look back at history and Europeans, uh, it's Tommy. Another great history here. Um, showed some life with a top 20 at Riviera, so... That would be the mid to upper sevens I'm looking at. I got a couple down below, but anybody else you want to hit on? I just think it's funny because I was thinking like I could uh, I could probably be wise if my in some of my decision making if I went to cash games because Keegan seems like a great cash game play. <laughs> Maybe that's where he is better than uh, there. No, Wyndham Clark was in my uh, it was in my cashing lineup at Genesis, so um, certainly with you on that one. Adam Hadwin, I guess you didn't mention would be on my radar as well. Uh, he'd been playing pretty good, kind of fell apart at the end of Genesis. Um, maybe it's because I'm watching the silly Netflix special, but I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. His name's been on two of those, uh, major championship leaderboards on Sunday too. Like maybe this is a guy to watch out for come leap major season, but Adam Hadwin, I'm a fan. So he's already on my radar, but he's on my radar in that group too. Yeah. Anybody in the low sevens? I got a couple of guys, but I'll let you start here. Tom Hoagie, yeah. Aaron Wise. Um, I could maybe get to Christian Bezadenhut. He's been so bad, but my gosh, his history here is um is very good. Yeah, those are my names. I won't be going back to Harris English. No. Um. No. Uh, I. You I told me. See, you told me. I, I want to see a little more out of him, but it. It feels like he's still kind of going through the, through kind of getting back in the flow of things and trying to figure things out. But come this summer, that's a name I'm gonna watch because get get him at like 3M or Rocket Mortgage. John Deere's probably too too not uh, too scrubby for him. Um, he'd be somebody to consider there. All right, um, guy race out well statistically. Luke List, good his not a bad history here. Off the team has been great. Approach, I mean, gain 11 strokes at Genesis. Um, You would have to go back to the Memorial last year, though, for the last time that we saw Luke List actually gain strokes putting. And there are some deep reds when I look at this. Like, he lost seven strokes at Genesis, which usually throws an outlier, but it's Luke List, so putting <laughs> is a little bit of an issue for him at all times. I don't know if I have anybody else down there. I'm considering Benny on after last week, but I don't know if that's a little flash in the pan. But he can keep the ball in play, and that would help here. Yeah. A couple other internationals I would look at. Minwoo Lee. Uh, I was on him big last week. He just had a terrible Saturday. The rest of the round was fine. Uh, around the green struggled, so that might be a concern. But at some point, too, I think we have to look at Adrian Moronk. Who all he's done the past two weeks? Forty fifth at Genesis, his first trip over, but fourteenth at Honda last week, and the putter was okay. He was not good at Genesis, but the approaches there off the tees there around the green game is pretty good. And again, we we see Europeans tend to play well here, so Moronk has my interest. But after that, nobody else. Like, can't can't believe I'm not going to my guy Russell Hemley. Yeah, I was taking a peek. Just hasn't been. There's a reason he's down here. Yeah, and there's actually one more guy that's maybe you have to play a specific lineup to, for this guy. Like, um, yes, I'm trying to see what he's been. I'm trying to buy time to see what he's been doing overseas. Uh, 
65th, 20th, 11th, 17th. I mean, I don't need much of a reason to play him because he's become one of my guys throughout the years. Ryan Fox? Like, it, it's almost like we're going to play him, play him with Fleetwood, and hope that this turns into some win narrative and that Lynx-style golf tends to be a strength here. But Fox at 7K isn't awful. And I think I might even get to use him this week in our... Um, in our league, since, you know, I keep getting guys who apparently like to withdraw. Well, I had plenty of names last week, and, well, I proved that quality a week before was better than quantity this week. Yeah, but at least you could at least you could feel the whole team. I, I think I was down to three after withdrawal, so... That, that is correct. I mean, um, I'm just, I'm just you know, phenomenal in that league for that for that purpose. Well, we, we regroup again this week. Um, I Skeeter, think at this we, point I might be, uh, I might be heading that? towards the number one pick for the uh, redraft. Um, well, there you go. You can get your hands on Tiger Woods since no one drafted him. Yeah. Did anybody take Eric Cole? Yeah, that'd be another one worth. I doubt it. Oh, I do get to play Fox this week. All right. Finally, my guys are actually playing this tournament. I might actually have like ten guys. I have yet to look, quite frankly. I've got Homa. I've got Hatton. I've got Morikawa. I know I got that at the top. I got, I got Chris Kirk coming back. I had to win her last week and didn't win. I got Cam Young, Taylor Montgomery, Kitayama, Spawn, Adam Scott, Zalatoris, Rose, Fox. Where's Bobby Mack at, by the way? I know my answer's not playing here. Well, I do uh, I do know that answer as well. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. That's so lame. I caught so out. bad. Oh, goodness. Skeeter? Anything else in the positive from 7K, you got to fade for me. My fade is Bazane Hout. I, I mean, I love myself some course history, but he's just not playing anywhere near the capability for me to justify it, so he's out for me. Yeah, I dipped uh, my toes in Harris English water last week. I will uh, refrain from that until further notice. Skeeter, are we going seven or 6K this week? We are. All right, I think I've got at least one name on the surface that I'm interested in that uh, so far I think your narrative would fit. Um, I'm looking at one Danny Willett right now oh, as my 6K play. He's 6,800, coming off of a couple of decent finishes. Frankly, his 29th at Honda last week, which I he was in my lineup and I bet him last week, so I didn't get anything out of it, but uh, okay. I'd take that 29th again this week at 6,800. Yeah, that wouldn't be bad. And again, another... <laughs> There you go, another one in your Fox and Fleetwood lineups. You know, he enjoys himself. He can play in the wind a little bit. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah, great wind player. Um, yeah, yeah. you know what? That's a good catch. I missed that one. Well, you know, I just need five more good catches, and I'll cash a lineup. I mean, I like it better than my guy, Kitayama. <laughs> um, all right. Are we going to play any of the guys who did well last week, like – Eric Cole just keeps popping. Like, he's good at putting, good at scrambling, and bogey avoidance is there, probably because of the putter, good par five player. Like, do we think there's a letdown after last week? I mean, that'd be the only concern, but. Yeah, that Mill's life-changing money, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know what kind of guy he is. I know that he wears uh, jogger pants and his ankles show, um, but that's all I know. Off the tee's a little bit of a concern there, but, um, but, but okay, so I made money on DraftKings lineup. I've. You know, with my four to six. Can I tell you the second spot I made money on? And yes, I realize this is going to sound slightly stupid, but... Bring it. All right, so you know that I do buy golf cards, uh, some, some sports cards, and even I've been buying some golf cards. 
Oh, yeah. You know who I've been kind of stocking up on a little bit? Well, there's actually a couple guys. Uh, Thigala is one of them. I've been buying him up. Um, but I even bought this guy in the fall and even a little bit earlier this year. And he, he, I actually sold some of his cards at a profit uh, last uh, past two days. Was Justin Suh. I mean, he won the Corn Fairy. I mean, he was the Corn Fairy final. He won the Corn Fairy Tour Championship last year. But all he's done is, I mean, he missed his first three cuts, but ever since then, he's made cuts. He was fifth at Honda. The approach was great. He did, just didn't do much on Sunday and Saturday. He, he didn't do much in the weekend, but he didn't need to for a, for a fifth-place finish. Like, he's been playing really well, making cuts. 6,900. I don't think Suh's a bad player. No, I could get to it. Um, I certainly don't. Uh, you're not going to catch me arguing it. Skeeter, are you watching any of the Netflix full swing uh, program? I haven't had time to get to it yet. It's on my list of things, and I don't watch much on TV, but that's on my list. It's a, it's a, it's entertaining. I was just going to say, I can imagine Joel Damon's going to be very popular for weeks to come unless he's terrible. Uh, given his uh, presentation on that program, not to say I'm playing him at 6,800, but I bet you he gets a. I bet you just you just watch nope. his ownership over this spring. I bet you it's high. Maybe, but not 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 yet. The actual the ones that the 6K people are gravitating towards are Alex Smalley, who I think he rates out really. Yeah, he rates out decent, good bogey avoidance, good par five, and just kind of average at everything else so that will that will play here this week and then ben griffin at 6700 also race out very well across short and long-term models so another one probably a little better numbers than smally but that same kind of consistent performance there obviously at 6300 we're going to take a flyer with the seagull charlie hoffman this week I will pass. Good tee to green. Good proximity from 200 plus. So that's that's in the cards. Um, what about Pearson Cootie at 6100? Uh, you pulled me. that name out of your keister last week, and uh, I was very impressed on Thursday watching golf. I think he's got upside, but again, I don't know much about him. I think I just know that he's been a college player. So anything more in the six Ks? I have one flyer. Well, let me have it. At 6,200, David Lingworth. Right. Like, you have to go back a few years, but he's never missed a cut. Or at least the past four, you know, my stat sheet goes through 2015. He hasn't missed a cut here. Let's see if he uh, did before. No, he's played here six times. He's never missed a cut. Now, granted, his best finish is 13th. His second best finish is 50th. So we're not exactly blowing up the uh, thing here. But 58th at Pebble, he was 10th last week. and didn't even know he was in a field last week. Gained 6.3 shots in approach. If we're talking 6,200, these are the types of flyers I don't mind taking a shot on. Not mistaken, he won the Memorial about a decade ago. He did, yeah. That would be another tough course. I got nothing else for you. Um, but I did write that one down because I thought it was a wonderful name. I'm not going to tell you Webb Simpson at 6,300. No. Whew, what has happened? But that's okay. We'll take we'll save that for another day. Skeeter, do you have a a, a fade in the six Ks? Oh, I'm sure I could find somebody here. Um. Okay. I mean, again, I still I still don't even remember him winning a tournament last year. He did, but I will not play Chaz Reeve at six K. Like, I don't. Know, I seem to have had some success knowing when to play Chaz Reeve. This is not the week. 
Yeah, I mean, if I'm being super duper honest with you, I don't have a, a massive fade for you. But Kevin Kisner, the last two times out, missed cuts, plus eight, plus four, Genesis and Waste Management. So I will take a flyer another time there. Yeah. One other guy who kind of popped us slightly on the weekend, like actually live bet him, like, yeah, okay, he's got a chance. And actually he's made four cuts in a row. And I think his history here is another one that's not that – he makes cuts, but not, no top finishes, but he's cheap. Zach Johnson. Yeah, he did show a little bit last week now, did he not? Yeah, I mean, his approach been good off the tee. Yeah, the putter's been there. But again, 12th at Honda, 32nd at Phoenix, 41st American Express, 35th at Sony. I mean, he's 4 for 4 making cuts this year. He's improved every time. I'm not saying we're going to go, you know, include top 10 here for Zach Johnson, but... You want somebody who's been making cuts and who's made cuts here historically? I don't think Zach Johnson's a terrible play. Actually, if I'm sitting there with in a sixty-five hundred dollar need, that's a really good good piece of advice right there. Yeah, and then, I mean Joseph Bramlett keeps making cuts, so he's another one that pot, that will probably get some attention. Just Statways at sixty-seven hundred, so those are probably all the guys. I mean, I have a couple others starred, but I'm probably not going to go there. Are we ready to take it to the one and done leaderboard? Yep. Well, we both took a slight step back, but I'm certainly, I'm right in the middle. 2,035th place. So, um, room to move up, no question about it. But also, Skeeter, uh, not a big dip. I went with Sung Jam last week. Uh, 17% of the field did. He wasn't great. We move on. I would think with this, again, return to elevated event, you're not looking to save anybody this week. I'm not saying that uh, you're dying to go out and use Rom or Rory, but if you want to, it's okay. Certainly. But, yeah, this is probably not a week like um, – I know you like Gary Woodland a little bit. I'm not assuming this is probably not a week you really want to go there. You know, I like the gala not going there myself. Um, for me, I think I might just swing for the fences and just go Rory and just say, you know what? He's got the good history here. It's the elevated events. He'll probably be in the mix come Sunday. But again, some of this is going to come down to tee times. Like, if there is a clear advantage to a wave, I I have no problem going down to a Morikawa or, or Hovland out of nowhere. Um, I've already used Jason Day, so I, th- I think that might be getting a little too cute there. Um, even Hatton, I wouldn't have a problem using here. Yeah, and I think that's about as far down the board I'm looking. I was looking at Homa, who I haven't used yet. Do I save him for later on in the year? Is it time to pounce? Is he a player I would potentially you know, keep for next week? If not, maybe time to move on him. I don't know where I'm going. You mentioned Hatton, certainly on the board. Keegan Bradley's on the board for me. Will Zalatoris, uh, I don't know. Like With Keegan, again, it's like, am I going to use Keegan this year? Yes. Like Again, wait for the summer swing. But, yeah, I, I think that's looking a little too cute at this event. Yeah, and you're probably right about that because I think in the end what I've learned last week, even in um, a lesser return than I would have preferred, was I was never getting to Eric Cole. He was – God bless you. He was in your lineup. I was never getting there. I was never getting to any of the secondary pieces on the leaderboard. Now, maybe in this week I could, but why not just take a swing at the fence with the top because I've, I've thought about years past too, and this is where I'm like, i got to think about this now. In years past, I don't want choices in July, in August. 
I don't want choices. I want everybody off the board. I would have already have used them and used their money. I want one or two choices. I want to be one of the 30% using Tom Kim at the very end of the year because he got hot and he was, you know, I, I've used everyone else. So I'm sticking to the top of the board, man. That's my soapbox for the moment. All right. So your homer pick, let me ask you this. Do you think, do you like him for a top two? There's I mean, it's answer. hard to say no, I don't like him as good as I would say Rory. Like, I think his chances at a top two are just as good as Rory's. Okay, here's what here's where I'm coming at. So far, we have Homa with a win at Farmers and a second at an elevated event. If you don't think he's going to, and maybe you can go down to third, because in an elevated event, I think third would play close to a win at Farmers. If you're not 100% committed to the guy, like, you you're already behind unless you pick him where he wins enough money because he's already ma- I mean he already has two million dollar finishes. It's gonna be the same thing for Rom. Like whenever you use Rom, you have to use him where he's going to win just because he's already been used in that regard. If you see what I'm trying to say, like I follow your logic. I don't know if I believe in it. I understand what you're saying. Um, but if I use Homan, I don't get a top two. But maybe somewhere else I use a player that I do that those people don't. Like it washes. I don't know. I definitely follow what you're saying. And I've never won one of these things. So um, well, neither I, but I'm only speculating. But like, I definitely follow your logic. Yeah, like I'm just thinking that, you know, part of this is you have to use the guy at their absolute ceiling. And we unfortunately might have already seen it. Now, if yeah. you think Homa can win the players... Use him next week. That would that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he might be. I don't know how much more unique he would be versus this week, but maybe a hair. Um, yeah, food for thought. Maybe Rory's to play if I'm not going to use him at the Masters. Because I'm a fir- I'm a firm believer. I said maybe Rory's to play if I'm not going to use him at the Masters. Right. Because um, I'm a firm believer that he just spends his entire life thinking about the Masters and how to win that now. Or at least that's what I would do. I would obsess over it and forget about all other golf courses. Right. So, again, based on where you're at, you know, even something like, again, Hatton is very intriguing here. Just because that history. Yeah. He has started to show some signs of life. Um, you know, he was seventh at Abu Dhabi. So, I mean, he's kind of he's kind of alternated top ten with mediocre. If you like, I know you like the narrative, this would be the top ten swing. So. I do more than I should admit. Especially with Keegan coming off the cut, I miss that. I, I'm, I'm, on the, I'm on that narrative right now too. The same one. Yeah, but again, I think Keegan's a little too cute. Hatton might be too cute here. I don't know, but for somebody who has the history and a win here, and that is a world class player, like, or, or you, or you know what, you save Hatton for the Open. Yep, I haven't. Uh, it's. I bet you I hem and haul with this one, and I may wait till. This may truly be one that I wait and take a peek at uh, at T at waves. I think I will be. Yeah, I uh, I think I will be too. Skeeter, you have anything else for the uh, the Bay Hill Arnold Palmer Invitational? I don't think so. Um, again, kind of a nice stretch of golf we're in. The players next week, and then I mean nothing wrong. Valspar match play, but you know the NCAA tournament kind of going on, and you know. Me, I'm probably going to do something silly in the NCAA tournament, like bet a UConn double for the men and women to win because, well, why there not? There you go. UConn's, John... my, UConn's my illogical team that I just root for every single year for no good reason. And, hey, you know what? It's actually worked for me in the past, so. 
If you wager on that women's team, it's definitely worked on worked for you. Yeah, boy, South Carolina's gonna be tough to beat though because they're undefeated. Well, Skeeter, I got nothing left for Arnold Palmer. I'm certainly looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to number six. I'm looking forward to see if anybody pushes the issue there. Looking forward to maybe a little chaos on Friday with the T waves too. And it is some Sunday drama, like Amen to that for sure, right? You know, we've seen uh, like Molinari and Rory have staged some great comebacks to win on Sunday at you know in this tournament. So, I mean, yeah, Frankie's sixty nine hundred. I didn't even mention him. I noticed that. I figured when you were talking narratives, you're going to go the Mollywood narrative at some point in I the six uh, Ks. But I mean, you know, I don't have a problem with that at all. But well, party on I... Molinari when when he misses at plus ten at Phoenix and plus eight at Genesis. Well, perhaps we'll save that one for another day. Yeah. Skeeter, good luck to you this week, my man. And uh, hopefully uh, I can get back on the train. Yep. So, yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's get you back on. And I hope to continue the train after a cash last week. Chew, chew. For Skeeter Robinson, I'm James Adams. We appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you. And good luck this week. This has been another Fantistics My Fantasy Fix DFS golf podcast.